0: Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit RenewingTheCenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today we're going to look at Psalm 52. That's where the lectionary takes us today. I'm going to read a portion of this psalm, and then we'll pray, and then we're going to spend some time together thinking about what the word of God has to say to us. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear and will laugh at the evildoer saying, see the one who would not take refuge in God, but trusted in abundant riches and sought refuge in wealth. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God I will thank you forever because of what you have done in the presence of the faithful. I will proclaim your name for it is good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we ask you to help us today to see truth in your word. God, even in these pictures in the Bible that feel somewhat distressing, seeing someone uprooted or torn from their tent, God, we ask you to help us to understand, to see truth and to respond to it in such a way that we bear fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I almost didn't choose this passage from our lectionary readings because of the imagery at the very beginning. The picture in our mind as we read a text like this of a person being snatched and torn from their tent, their home, is a really distressing image. And what the psalmist is saying here is that that's the picture of the outcome of life. Of a person who trusts in riches and wealth, who who look to what their own hands have made, what their own hands have been able to create and fashion for them, and what the psalmist is saying is, is that a person who intentionally chooses wealth actually at the same time is choosing not to seek refuge in God. It paints this picture of a of an either or. We don't get a both and here. Uh, This is an idea that runs right through the whole of the Bible, that if we choose to trust in one thing, we at the same time are choosing not to trust in something else. This is why for the early Christians, um, they wouldn't say uh, that they trusted in Caesar. When they said, I trust in God, what they were saying at the same time is we do not trust in the rulers of this world. And the psalmist is teasing the same thing out here, to trust in what your own hands have made means you're not trusting in God and this is a challenge especially for us right now because we've many of us have trusted in one way or another in our own resources or our own resourcefulness we've thought well if I can work to secure a place for myself I'll be okay and then we end up in the situation that we're in now realizing that our resources are finite there's a limit to them And the truth of the matter is when the sun is shining and things are going well, it's easy to believe that we're in control, that we can just make things happen. But what happens when things don't go well? Y'all, we're living in that time right now. Um, Even abundant resources are not enough to ensure that we won't run into scarcity. And many of us right now are wrestling with profound experiences of scarcity. Scarcity emotionally and financially and worries about the future and so the poet here is painting a contrast, and I think it would be a, a good for us to think about our lives as we think about this contrast. He essentially says the person who's building a life for themselves lives in a tent, and the person who looks to God is living in a house, a tent and a house. One is temporary. One's flimsy. One doesn't hold up well, and the other does. The other's permanent. It's rooted. It's sheltered. It's insulated. It's insulated. And so the person who trusts in themselves is abiding in a tent. And the poet says here that when you trust in yourself, you're living in a flimsy space and that it's easy for you to be snatched from that space to lose the security that you've been fighting for. But the poet says, by way of contrast, that the person who trusts in God abides in the house of God. And when you abide in a house, you're not easily snatched. The poet actually goes further and says, not only am I not snatched when I trust in God, but I'm rooted like a green olive tree. And throughout the Bible, when you look at a green olive tree, the picture there is of of a tree that grows for a long time. I mean, gosh, the groves in the Mount of Olives are are many of them ancient, thousands of year old trees. A green olive tree is a vigorous, um, virile tree, a tree that is full of life. And when we trust in God, we're living in a more permanent space, a tent, a house. One is temporary. One is permanent. Ephesians 3 tells us that the Holy Spirit roots and grounds us in love. And I love that picture, that idea of being rooted and grounded coming from the Holy Spirit. And what happens here is this picture of being a a tree growing in the house of God, I think, is also an echo of what it looks like to be rooted in the work of the Holy Spirit. So what are some indicators that we are living in God's house? I'm going to give you a couple that I think the poet gives us some clues here as to what a life living in a rooted place looks like. Number one, he says that when we're living in a rooted place in the house of God, we have an increasing disposition toward trust. Trust, he says, in the steadfast love of God. So I would encourage you to look at your life right now and ask the question, are you a person who's able to trust? And when you think about the word trust biblically, that word actually means to place the weight of your life upon. So we know we trust a chair when we sit down on it and give all of our weight to it. And we know that we trust God when we look, or we know what we're trusting in, rather, when we look and see where am I placing the weight of my life? Is the weight of your life in your job, in your health, in your youth, in your image, your reputation? Or are we increasingly able to put the weight of our life somewhere else, placing it in the steadfast love of God? Do I trust love? Do I trust the love of God? That's one clue. It gives us a sense of whether we're living in god's house and a second clue here is that we would possess then a heart that is prone to give thanks to god for his goodness toward us so i want you to look at your life right now and consider am i a person who is prone to saying thank you to god and others or do i always seem to look at the cup being half empty i believe the lord wants you and me to cultivate a discipline of thanksgiving A discipline whereby we're able to give thanks to God, even in the midst of hard times. We're able to say thank you to people, rather than always focusing on what we don't have, the scarcity of our lives. And the third clue that the poet gives us that we're living in God's house, that we're placing our trust in God, is that we have vital connection with faithful friends, with those who are walking with God. That idea of having traveling companions, of recognizing that we can't do this life with God on our own. That's such a critical piece to living in God's house. And maybe now this is a a challenging time to nurture friendships. You know, many of us are living in some form of social isolation. And yet even in the midst of social isolation, I think the call of God remains that we would cultivate the connections that we can cultivate. At the very least, that we would pick up our phones, that we would uh, chat with people in socially distanced ways. But at the most, that we would find people with whom we can engage in a kind of social pod or a social cohort. My wife and I, during the season of pandemic, uh, we've chosen a very few select people with whom we've said, we're going to experience intimate life with you. We're going to hug. We're going to be together. And that's not with everyone because it would be unwise to do so. But y'all, we have to remember in times like this that we were made for relationship and that your faith and mine, that our faith was made to be enhanced through vital connection with other people who are also sharing the same convictions that we're sharing, who want the same sorts of things. You can't do this on your own. Neither can I. I think the Lord's calling us to actually look at what it looks like to be more like a green tree growing in a house than someone living in a tent. So maybe today's an opportunity for you to look at your life. Father, I ask that you would give us grace today to look at our lives, Uh, God, to begin to ask questions about whether or not we're trusting in our own resources or placing the weight of our lives in you. And so, Lord, as we are able, we open up our hands and our hearts and we say, God, teach us to place the weight of our lives in your corner so that we would live in houses, not tents, so that we would be secure, not vulnerable. God, we ask you to have mercy on us, watch over us, and care for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for His still, small voice. And respond to Him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center.